Good morning. We welcome you to the services of the Boonville Church of Christ. I encourage all of you to come in and find a seat. If you're visiting with us this morning, you're our honored guest. We'd like to have a record of everyone's attendance. Uh, the friendship register on each pew is available for you to sign in. We'd like for all of our regular as well as visitors to sign the friendship register. There are just a, a multitude of opportunities to serve here at the Boonville Congregation. 
Yesterday was a great day with the giveaway and had so many members working to make that possible. There were also uh, a lot of these saving the world one soul at a time bags given away, not only at our giveaway here, but also at Tractor Supply. While Marilyn was giving those out at Tractor Supply, she encountered a uh, couple who was hearing impaired, and they're looking for a congregation to worship with. Uh, if any of you are able to do sign language proficiently, uh, would you uh, please see Marilyn, and maybe we can open up another opportunity there. Uh, leading us in our services this morning, Brother Gibson Foster will be leading our singing. Brother Rick Warner has the opening prayer. Brother Bo Gross will do the scripture reading. Brother Ken Forrest will give us a lesson. Brother Cameron uh, Jumper will uh, lead us as we observe the Lord's Supper. And Carter Sweeney will have announcements and the closing prayer. Would you bow with me, please? Our loving Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your blessings. And being able to worship you is such a wonderful blessing, and we pray that our worship this morning would be pleasing in your sight. We love you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. We will start worship this morning by singing 222 on Zion's Glorious Summit, the first and the third verse. Let's all sing. On Zion's Glorious Summit stood a
Have you seen Jesus, my Lord? 2.14. Have you seen Jesus, my Lord? thanksgiving in our heart, Father. We're so thankful, Father, for this marvelous creation that you gave to us, that uh, the beauty of it. So thankful, Father, for the privilege that we have to assemble this morning. We pray, Father, that the things that's done here today as worship unto thee will be acceptable. Father, that We've come here for no other reason in our heart but to, to worship thee, Father. We pray that you would uh, be with Brother Ken today as he breaks unto us the bread of life, that you would be with him and, and help him to present it in a way, Father, that would be pleasing in thy sight and that we could take it into our hearts and therefore we could live closer to thee. 
We just pray, Father, that we would put the things of the, the world out of our mind, that, that we would never let outside circumstances, Father, interfere with, with serving thee, that, that regardless what goes on around us, that we can maintain our faith, Father, and live for you each day. We are so thankful, Father, for our health and our well-being, but we know that there are those of us, Father, that are struggling with health issues, and we just pray that you would be with them and, and help them to overcome uh, the circumstances in their life, Father, that they could get back on their feet. We pray for those that have lost loved ones, Father. We have the, we especially pray for the Rolands and the Rones and the Crowsons, Father, in their time of loss, that you would be with each one of them and strengthen them and, and help them, Father, through this difficult time. We ask that you, Father, would be with Brother Ken and Brother JT as they are, will be traveling to Guyana this next week. Father, we pray for their safety and we pray for a, a very successful trip, Father. We pray that that you would be with the church in Guyana. And, and Father, we just pray that they would be many souls one to thee during, during this time. We're so thankful, Father, for our leadership here, that you would be with, be with our elders and those that are serving here. And you would be with them, Father, and, and strengthen them and help them to serve in a way that would be pleasing in thy sight. We pray, Father, now that uh, you would, would go with us through uh, this service and, and help us to, to always do, do the right thing, Father. We know that we, we mess up, Father, and that we often do things that we shouldn't do, and we just pray, Father, that you'll forgive us when we turn from those things. But Father, of all the things that we're thankful for this morning, we are so thankful for thy word that it is a roadmap, Father, to if we will obey it, that we will get to live with thee forever someday. And Father, we're so thankful that you were willing to send your son Jesus to die on the cross through that great sacrifice that we can get back to thee, Father. We just pray that you'll please forgive us when we fail thee. In Christ's name, amen. The invitation song today will be softly and tenderly, 934. The song before the lesson this morning in preparation for Brother Ken's lesson, Shine, Jesus, Shine. We'll be singing the, all, both verses. Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness, shining
Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. But recall the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle of sufferings. Partly when you were made a spectacle, both on reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. If you had compassion on me and my chains, and Joshua accepted the plunder of your goods, knowing that you had a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. So after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Good morning, everyone. It is great to see your beautiful, happy, shining faces today. And I hope and trust that you had an extraordinary week. And now we're at the first day of the week and we're looking ahead to all the incredible things that might await us on our journey. I just hope the very best for you. And as Rick mentioned in his prayer, uh, JT and I are going to be traveling to Guyana. We'll be away until Thursday of next week. And we do solicit your prayers. And you know, especially me, as I'm handling JT, as he, you know, <laughs> goes along and trying to protect him, basically from himself. Let me tell you something about JT Beard. So first time I met him was actually the first time I ever went to Guyana while I was with the Somerdale Church. And somehow or other, I got paired up with him. And people warned me out of that group. They're like, wait, you're going with JT Beard? I'm like, yeah, yeah, what? They're like, well, you better tie your shoes on because that guy can move. And sure enough, I basically got in his track as we would walk. We pro JT, don't you think we walk 20 miles a day at least? Because houses are miles apart out there in the savannah. And through all the dust and the heat, the torturous terrain, I followed him everywhere he went. And we would get to a house and have a tremendous study and then make that journey again, day after day after day. And all that guy could talk about was the Boonville Church of Christ this and the Boonville Church of Christ that. And I got so tired of hearing about the Boonville Church of Christ. <laughs> so he really made an impression on me. When I got back, I told my friends there at Somerdale, I said, I have met, and I've met a lot of really good evangelistic-minded people in my life. And I strive to be that. I, I love to do Bible studies. But I told my friends, I said, I have met the greatest personal evangelist I've ever met in my whole life, J.T. Beard. And so, well, the rest of the story is, here I am. I'm still following J.T. Beard. And yesterday, I saw what J.T. 
strives to do continually. And if you know him, you know that he's all about the barbs and the wordplay and the jokes and all of that. But when he gets serious, it's about what happened here yesterday. And I know Mickey panels here today with his wife, Rita. Mickey obeyed the gospel because JT persevered in several weeks of Bible studies. And yesterday, Mickey decided that that was the day that he would put Christ on in baptism. And so I saw JT and Mickey in this water as he baptized him and washed his sins away. And JT doesn't rest on his laurels, right? Now we're going to go on another mission trip and I'm going to tie my shoes on tight and I'm going to ask, please let me be his partner because I just love to see a man who loves the Lord so much in his environment, in the place where he so much wants to be, the act of trying to save another soul for Jesus. Do you have that same passion? Thank you. If you don't have that passion, then let's start today, okay? Let's get on board with God's program to save souls, one right after the other. We can conquer the whole world from right here in Boonville. I believe that with all my heart. But we've all got to be a part of it. And I hope that you will subscribe to that sort of thinking. Today, I want to encourage you to shine brighter. I appreciate the song that we just sang about Jesus shining brightly and of his brightness impacting us. I don't want us just to be a bright light. I want us to keep getting brighter and brighter all the time, okay? And again, we can just start right here today and do that. Before we embark upon our study this morning, let's pray that God will bless us, okay? Our Father in heaven, thank you for this privilege and opportunity it is to be together, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And in this period of worship, to meditate upon your word. And Lord, thank you for that word that encourages us so much and gives us direction. But more than that, Lord, not just a roadmap. I pray that we'll follow in Jesus' steps to take the pains that are necessary to do what we can to see that souls are saved. Thank you for the encouragement and blessing it is to assemble together. We love this. We, we love to see one another. But Lord, just keep in the forefront of our minds that it's more than just the good feeling that we get when we assemble. That, you know, we're here to encourage one another to press on to see another soul saved. We thank you that Mickey obeyed the gospel yesterday. But we pray, Father, that you will keep these waters here stirred up. And that wherever we go, that we will truly be a, a shining example that just shines brighter every day of what you can do with sinners like us. Thank you for the transformative power of your word and for the, just the distinct privilege it is to serve the God of love that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a passage of scripture that I want to tie to this text that I think is just 
the picture of it is so beautiful. It comes from Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18. It says that the path of the just is like the shining sun and that it is growing ever brighter unto the perfect day. I think a great example of what he is describing for us was yesterday. Did you see how clear the sky was? How perfectly blue it was. When the day started, the sun was kept as it always is, just below the horizon. But as it began to grow, suddenly now, the light becomes brighter and brighter. And as it climbs the sky, it reaches its full potential. And it's, it's so bright, it is blinding. But we say, oh, what, what a perfect day it was. Here, the text says that the path of the just is like that. You know, maybe it starts out kind of small and inconsequential. But if we'll hang in there, if we'll take it one step at a time as that day progresses, it will, it will be the best day ever. Our path can be like that too. Maybe it starts off pretty rocky, difficult. Maybe we stumble and fall, but we don't stop right there. We keep moving forward. And if we'll do that, one of these days, we'll reflect and we'll say, oh, it was perfect. It was perfect. You ever try to put yourself in somebody's, somebody else's shoes? I was doing that as I was thinking about the church when it began there in Jerusalem. Wasn't that an amazing picture? Could you imagine being in a congregation like ours, and we do this as people are coming in, we greet one another, how you doing? And maybe we heard something about them this week. We'll chat that up a little bit. We just, we like to see the smiling faces and like to engage one another because we love one another a lot. Could you imagine being in a church where you're kind of greeting everybody and, oh, <laughs> there comes the apostle Peter. Hey, Peter, good day. How's it going? Oh, and there's John coming in close behind him there. Oh, hey, we got a guest speaker, um, the Apostle Paul. He, he's going to address us today. Wow, man, that's amazing. Hey, Timothy, you heard about what's going on with him? Oh, I heard the other day, this or that. And could you imagine what that would be like? That'd be amazing. And I can imagine as that was going on, the early church, Everybody familiar with one another, engaging the apostles, no less, and just thriving on an environment that is so hopeful. I mean, the Lord has given us the responsibility to start right here, and then we're going to spread to the whole world. Wow, we can be a part of something amazing. I can imagine that if you ask me, how are things going there in the Jerusalem church? I would say they're going great. Until they went out into the world. You know, no longer there in Jerusalem actually going into the uttermost parts of the earth. 
going through Samaria and then into the Gentile world. How are things going now? Uh, <laughs> still working for the Lord, but I don't know if I could say it's going great. Because see, in the first century, there was quite a bit of persecution, especially after things that were centered there in Jerusalem began to branch out. They didn't initially branch out because people got that missionary mindedness. They branched out because of persecution. So in Acts chapter 8 and verse 4, as that persecution is coming, members of the church, except for the apostles, at least initially, they're going out into the world. But the text tells us that they went everywhere preaching the word. Well, I'm going to say a lot of them did that. But you know, as is always the case, no matter where you are, sure, a lot of them did that. And because of their dedication and endurance in the faith, they established churches. And we, these many years later, are beneficiaries of the initial work that was done, even in that time. But when persecution arose, there were some Christians who weren't like that, who didn't go everywhere preaching the word, whose faith became weak, maybe who lost their faith altogether. And when I say persecution, I'm not just talking about people downing them verbally or putting a, a bad post on Facebook, something like that. I'm talking about real persecution. Like, for instance, prominent members of that church in Jerusalem where we found such safety initially Peter and John first were the ones who were threatened, but they resisted. But later, Stephen is taken and he's martyred, stoned to death. And then James, one of the apostles, he's executed. And Peter is thrown into prison. Now I ask you, how are things going? Again, not, not great. We're still striving. We're still doing the best that we can. Well, our hope would be that there's going to be a better day. That we're going to continue to shine. And that ultimately every day, as we reflect upon the past day, we are going to be shining brighter. I, I know that there are some of you who shine very brightly now. I, I don't care what your level of intensity is, what I want to do today is encourage you as this text from Hebrews 10 was encouraging them ultimately to shine brighter, to strive for more every single day. Shine brighter to illuminate, let's say, the past. But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Remember how it was. Remember, remember the struggle that you had. 
so that where you are now can be bolstered by the success that you had. Now, what had they been struggling with? Well, according to this text, those that the Hebrews writer is addressing publicly, they had endured reproach and tribulation. And then privately, if they had not personally received that. They knew of others who had, and so they were sympathetic. He said that they had compassion. But whether it was that they had received that personally in a very public sort of way, or whether it was that they felt unified with others who were suffering and they had compassion and sympathy for it, the fact is, the enduring truth was that they stayed with it. They didn't give up. They stayed in the fight. You know that Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 says something pretty startling, I think, because I often, as you do, maybe you do it when we're partaking of the Lord's Supper, I don't know, but we think about the physical sufferings of Jesus Christ. But this text, Philippians 3.10, reminds us that You and I, as we're in fellowship with Christ, we're also in a fellowship with his sufferings. In other words, our lives are like a continuation of what Jesus was experiencing and suffering in his own time. I have taken up the mantle of Jesus. I have put Christ on. And so as I'm going forth, I'm I'm also bearing in myself some of the same degree of suffering that he experienced. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, the text says, Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Or as Jesus described it, not, not just for those who had gone and for those in his own time, but expecting that those who are going to be part of the kingdom of God would also go to suffer. He says in Matthew chapter 5, beginning verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Or talk about our being in league with Jesus. One of the things that we often tout is the relationship that makes us children of God. And I rejoice in that. I want to be known as a child of God. But if I am and Jesus was the only begotten Son of God, then just as much as the world rejected Jesus, if I'm a child of God, the world's going to be prone to reject me too. So in Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 14, he says... That despite the fact that we are children, that we are not like Jesus and that we were born into it, but that we have been adopted into the family of God. And if heirs of God, then join heirs with Christ. If indeed you suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You're an adopted child of God. 
uh, the Spirit uh, identifies us as such. But now as children of God, the realization, I'm going to suffer as a result of that connection with God if I'm standing on the truth as Jesus did. I become just as much a target of the world's affront as Jesus was. So I have to ask myself, if I'm going to be that, what what does that entail? In the book of Philippians chapter 2, there's a description of that, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Okay, here's here's the picture. Jesus is glorified with the Father in heaven but he divests himself of that glory to come and be with us, to be a man in the flesh and to die on the cursed tree. It goes from incredible glory to the lowest point of humanity of a curse on the tree. Jesus suffered that way, emptied himself of all that he could have had and held on to in order that he might embrace us. So here he is with us, but where is he? He's as low as he can be. Psalm 8 described him as a little lower than the angels, but crowned with glory and honor. Another description in terms of suffering comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 beginning. He says, for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who when he was reviled did not revile in return. When he suffered he did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. He bore our sin and our reproach on that cross. But now he calls for us in a like manner to do and effect the same thing, to carry that cross forward. So, if I'm going to shine ever brightly, I'm going to get brighter and brighter every day unto that perfect day, then I want to be sure that the past is illuminated properly. Know what it is that I've signed on to. Know what came before me and the sacrifices that were made so that I could be here today to serve him in all my fullness to his glory. But a second thing now, let's let's bring it to the present. I need to shine brightly to endure my present circumstance, to endure the present. He says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So don't give in to the pressure and the persecution and the tribulation that comes. That's going to disappoint God. What you've got to do is stay the course, hang in there so that God can bless you. 
to that perfect day that, there was, that we are aspiring to. Okay, so reward. Somebody say something about reward. We always seem to be in tune with that. But yeah, that reward is anticipating a life of faithfulness. I'm going to endure in this present moment. You know, isn't that the thing? I can reflect on the past, but that doesn't make me act right now. And I can hope for the future, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but that doesn't help me. Right now is when I'm taking action. So I need to have some confidence built up so that I can endure this moment, however difficult it might be. And what the Lord does is he comes through with a promise about our activity. So I say, okay, Lord, you know what? I'm going to sign on to your program. I'm going to, I'm going to work for you and I'm going to do your will. But you and I both know that Many times we launch out there and we're going to really accomplish something great for the Lord. We have all of these images of how it's going to turn out. And it seems like it falls flat on its face. Too many people, when that happens, quit right there. And then that's their history. It ended right there. Others are not discouraged. I know that this is a long fight. And even though this may not have worked or wasn't as successful as I hoped, I am not giving up. I still have a program. I am looking ahead. I, I want that reward that the Lord has promised. I, I want to be with him forever. I do not want to disappoint the one that I serve. And so I press on. And he gives these encouraging statements throughout scripture. For instance, Galatians 6 seven and following. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he sows the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Don't lose heart and you will reap. It might not be today. It might not even be this particular program that you're involved in, but you have the heart for progress, don't you? And if you have that progress and you see it just inching forward, then every day becomes a little bit brighter to the glory of God. And one of these days, that effort, according to the promise of God, is going to bear fruit. In that first century, there were people doing all kinds of things. They were not in competition with one another. Did you hear me? Not in competition with one another. So Paul really hits the nail on the head in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning at verse 6. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he who plants anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one and each one shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's field. You are God's building. We're all a part of this. You know, yesterday we had these bags we were handing out. We've given you kind of the first dibs on those and I'm telling you, Marilyn is working hard to keep the supplies up. But yesterday, we were giving away bags over here at the clothes giveaway. Marilyn was all over there at the tractor supply, basically by herself, giving out those bags. You know how I thought of that? 
I thought of that as a joint effort. Didn't you, Marilyn? We are here on both ends of this town handing out the very simplest thing you do, an opportunity for somebody in the privacy of their own home to do a Bible study, send it in and let us grade it. We've even got people sitting ready to do the grading. But this wasn't, well, let's see how much we can do over a tractor supply. Can we give out more over there than we can over here at the club? No, no, we're thinking, what can we do for this community? And every time an effort is made, whether it's giving away food or clothes, whether it's a Bible study that results in a baptism, whatever the effort is, guess who's getting the glory? It's not the name that's in the bulletin or the person that gets the pat on the back or the public acknowledgement. It is the Lord. Yes or no? Amen. God be glorified through our combined efforts. Now, here's the thing, though, I'd like to just inject into that is begin to ask myself, I am in the present, but am I shining brighter? Am I taking advantage of some of these things? You see, Ken, I'm working behind the scenes. Okay. Are you working behind the scenes? I'm not judging anybody. But all of us are working together, which means that to one degree or level or another, every single one of us is participating in the work of sharing the gospel with this community, of building one another up. Paul did his thing. Apollos did his thing. Two very different styles Two very different sorts of focus, but all of them working together. Just, just the question, am I in this moment today involved in something that is combined with what everybody else is doing? And if not, just right here at this juncture, just take a moment, find the place where you can serve and shine brighter wherever it is that you are, okay? Not yet this way. We will. But not only are we thinking about the past and the potential that lies for us right here in the present, we are also looking to showcase the future. We're going to shine brighter to showcase that future. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Woo, wait. Okay, that wasn't all encouragement right there. There was some encouragement. Oh, I feel good about you, you people out there. Go. But if you're not, I find no pleasure in you. Whoa, wait. Stepping on my toes there a little bit. That wasn't me. That was the Lord. He said, I'm coming. <laughs> don't, you, don't you doubt that. I am coming. As I'm coming, you better be ready to show me something. Because I'm not going to be happy if there's nothing to see. Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm like you. I, I know that... As much as I would like to tell everybody, especially a, a prospective disciple of Jesus, 
know, we want to we tell people what they need to do to be saved. We also want to help them count the cost. But in the end, we want to talk about how great it is to live this Christian life. And for the most part, I say, yes, you know, living the Christian life is the best life. And here are all the perks. Here are all the benefits that come with it. But the truth of the matter is that there is no promise that serving Jesus is going to be easy. Or somehow it's always just going to be, you know, bright skies, sunshine, and rainbows. You know as well as I do, that's not true. If you've been a Christian long enough, you know that there are going to be severe trials that come along. And for some, there have actually been failures. We've been restored maybe, but wow, you say there was that period in my life when, thank the Lord, that's over with. Yes, but it still exists and maybe it still grates on us. The thing maybe that brought us back or the thing that those who are going through great tribulation and trial and persecution who hold on to is their, their hope. I mean, what's, what's coming? In 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Don't you worry, stay faithful until death. I'll give you the crown of life. What does that mean? Well, he says, stay in the fight. And when you do, I'm telling you that there's going to be an inheritance in heaven for you that's incorruptible, undefiled, doesn't fade away. It's reserved there. Nobody can take it away. You've got it. So, you know, that little caveat there. All that triumphant notion with the expectation you're going to remain faithful, of course. You're not going to give up, no matter how difficult it gets, and no matter how discouraging it gets. Do not lose heart, he said, and you're going to reap. Isn't that what Paul had? We often talk about his final statement in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 6 and following. But I want to back up a little bit. You know, most of us can point to a moment or a couple of moments when it got a little bumpy there. Paul describes an entire chapter of offenses and abuses that he sustained so that he could maintain his faithfulness and see to it that others were saved to the glory of God. Over and over and over again, he had setback and trial and discouragement and frustration, but he never gave up so that he could say in the end, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that last day. And not to me only, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. Don't you, don't you just love that and want to claim that for yourself? Paul gave all those great things and yeah, I'm here at the end and I'm thankful to the Lord for the life I've lived and I just can't wait to go to heaven. But also, those of you who still remain, who maybe haven't finished all of those things that I enumerated, as you are continuing to go through the process of that, know that what I'm about to receive, you can receive too. Man, I love that.
Well, yeah. If you're staying faithful and engaged and rolling right along with the program and, you know, keep that picture in mind. We're on the path of the just, yes? And it's like the sun that's shining, it's going on its path and it's getting brighter as the day goes on to that perfect day. Are we rolling right along to that? But we're not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We are not the people who are set for destruction. No, 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 no. No, we are striving evermore, going further, going ahead, shining brighter, so that we can have that eternal reward. Salvation is something that is sure for those who endure. Are you enduring? Are you shining brighter? Here's our moment. Here we are. If I'm shining brighter, great. Tomorrow's going to be an even brighter day. Right to the perfect day. Can't wait. Keep going. Keep moving. Keep progressing. If that's not you, if you're not shining brightly, you can know that. If you know that, don't go another step further without reigniting that light in you. Jesus said something pretty astounding in terms of our influence on this world. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 13, he said, You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Is God being glorified by what you are representing of him in the world of the circle of friends that you inhabit? Are you making the place where you are as a child of God a brighter place? Are you shining brighter every day? Are you engaged, looking forward to that eternal reward? If, if there's some strain in that, if somehow that light has been sheltered and you do have that basket over it or you're, you're not getting brighter, you're just hanging in there, can we pray about that today? I mean, can we not pray that God will help you to, to shine brighter wherever it is that you are to use you to your full potential? Today would be the day to start that and to go forward unto that perfect day. Is there anybody who needs to respond today in obedience to the gospel? Boy, you talk about lighting a light. Yesterday, as Mickey came up out of that water, we saw a birth in our presence a soul that had been condemned to death now translated into light and life. That could be you today too. If there's anybody who needs to respond, now's your opportunity. Why don't you come while we stand and sing for you? Softly and
help prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, we'll be singing Thomas' song, Thomas' song, 269, Thomas' song. time. If you'd raise your hand, the ushers would be glad to provide them.
as we clear our minds of the worldly issues and prepare ourselves to partake of the Lord's Supper, I'd like to read a few passages as a, we set the scene of Christ's last few moments on this earth. If you, if you would, meditate upon it Lord, as we prepare to do this. When Jesus had therefore received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation for that the body should not remain upon the cross upon the Sabbath day, besought Pilate so that their legs may be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first and of the others which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came out there blood and water. And he that saw it bare record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled, a bone of him shall not be broken. And again another scripture saith, they shall look upon him who they pierced. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound. And they took the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothing with spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in that place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher where no man had ever laid. There they laid Jesus before the Jews as the preparation for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Let us pray and give thanks for the bread. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity we have. We're ever so thankful for the great things that was accomplished and ever so thankful for what has been done for us, Lord, as we partake of this bread, pray, Lord, we'll give thanks. Pray, Lord, we'll examine ourselves. Lord, pray we'll do it in a manner pleasing unto thee. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's give thanks for the cup. Dear Heavenly Father, in a likewise manner, we come to Thee, ever so thankful and grateful. As we're remembering the things done for us, Lord, we, we pray that we'll partake of this cup representing Thy blood. Lord, we're ever so thankful to be able to contact it. Lord, pray that we'll do this in a manner pleasing unto Thee. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. At this time also we're commanded to give. We look that we'll look to our hearts and give in a cheerful manner and as we have been blessed. Let's give thanks of how he's blessed us. Dear Heavenly Father, we're ever so thankful for our health, our strength, our skills and our ability. Lord, we're so thankful for, for all the opportunities that's been given to us. Lord, we pray that we'll look to, to give our portion unto thee. Lord, we pray that we'll continually cheerfully give. Lord, we pray that thy will be done. Lord, we ask thee and pray that we'll do this in pleasing to thee and forgive us of all of our sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Good morning. If you're visiting with us, you're our welcome guest, and we're glad that you're here, and come back if you can and worship with us again. Uh, in worship this morning, we had 282. I have a note here I'd like to read. Your words have comforted us, your support has strengthened us, and your love has sustained us. We extend our deepest thanks to you for your kindness during our greatest sadness. We appreciate it more than words can express, and it will always be remembered. Brian and Gay Rowland, the family of Linda Rowland Fur. Have several announcements this morning. Payment for the Golden Circle Nashville trip is due now. You can give that payment to Jim Estes. All ladies going to the Transform Ladies Retreat need to meet in the Little Chapel immediately following, following worship this morning. Our annual life chain is today from 2 to 3. You can pick up signs of attack prior to 2 o'clock. Devotional Landmark Nursing and Rehab is today at 4 as well. Just a reminder, the 100th birthday celebration for our sister Eugenia Kaiser that was set for today, it's been canceled. You can please send cards to 2431 Mayfair Drive, Owensboro, Kentucky, 45801. And just a reminder that tonight, all adult classes will meet in the auditorium. So we have Brother Wayne Barrier here as our guest speaker. That's all the announcements we have today. If you'll bow with me and go to a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for a beautiful day you've blessed us with to come out and gather together and worship and spend time together uh, studying your word, Lord, and just help us be able to take back something we heard this morning to use it and apply our lives and help us to want to be on fire for you and to try to spread your word and bring others to Christ. I ask you to be with our leaders and help them make decisions that are best for us and our military protects us, Lord. And Thank you for the many blessings you have blessed us with and just help us to always to Remember to strive to put you first in everything that we do and walk that Christian life. Most of all, we thank you for your son who died on the cross and the mission of our sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs> 